Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and then welcome to the Modern Conservative Podcast with your host, as always, Jonathan Harvey. Yep. And uh, that's only because I'm black, so uh, <laughs> in case you didn't know that. Because <laughs> if you didn't know that, it means you're not going to my Facebook page. But anyway, um, I'll be speaking this weekend at the Young Republicans event in um, Provo this weekend at the at the UV Event Center. We actually be in the Sorensen um, Auditorium or Ballroom, whatever you want to call it. Look me up. Come see me. Come join. I may say some things people don't particularly like, but hey, that's what we do. And uh, so enough about me. I only tell you guys about a friend of mine named Chris Harris. He's from Third District. He is now running for United States Congressman. Chris, welcome to my show. Well, thank you very much. I'm honored to be on the show. Finally, after knowing you for, you know. Since I won't return your phone calls, right? <laughs> That's right. I know. I'm a dirtbag sometimes. Just don't tell nobody. Um, so what brings you to this neck of the woods? What are we going to talk about there? I hear you're running for office right now. I, I am running for office. Uh, you know, there was an opportunity. Uh, you know, I served six years in the, in the Utah House from 2007 to 2012. And then mm-hmm. I, I ran. Uh, in 2017, uh, when uh, Jason Chaffetz for, for this exact same position, and I ended up, I was fortunate enough to win uh, the convention, and then uh, you beat John Curtis in convention, and then uh, two people had gathered signatures, and uh, you know, John uh, got 37 percent of the vote, I got 33 percent, and Tanner Ainge got 20 something percent of the vote, and so. When a, uh, a friend of mine said, John's not gathering signatures uh, this time. And so right. he talked me into, into running this time around. Why is it you think John's not gathering signatures this time? You think he figures he's got it made anyway because he's the incumbent? Or is there some magic that we don't know about? You know, I, I think that's part of it. I, you know, I've kind of gotten some uh, feedback from behind the scenes that they wish they would have gathered signatures now. But I just think he thought he was... Um, I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little too confident about the, uh, that, but I know he really wanted to just go through convention. You know, you, you do have to spend a fair amount of money to gather signatures. And so, you know, I don't know if it was a cost issue or if he just thought he was safe, but, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the next four weeks. So I would have thought, I would have thought he would have tons of money being well, that he's the establishment. Yeah, I mean, he, he has a fair amount of money. I mean, I think he's got uh, close to a million dollars in his uh, campaign fund, but it doesn't do him any good in the convention. You can only spend so much money. I mean, right, right. You, know, you can only buy so many dinners and, and breakfasts for individuals. But, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if one of us, uh, you know, there's three uh uh, three of us that are kind of like-minded that are running. Uh, and, and if one of us, if we prevent John from getting 40% of the vote, then, then uh, uh, John's not in, not in the primary. And so that's, and, that's our goal. And two of your friends are mine. Yes. I know that's, a, that's, it's a problem <laughs> for you, but, but no, it's not me. actually, Hey, it's <laughs> not a problem. Let me tell you why. I love you both. You know, I wish you both well, I can't go wrong with either I mean, either one of you. Yeah. We're still going to be friends. This isn't about me. It's about getting John Curtis out of office and getting quality people in the chair because he needs to go. He needs to go. And like I say, you, both of you guys are strong, strong individuals. So 
Either way, and, I'm good. And I feel actually the same way. I'm I'm grateful for, uh, you know, uh, what what Jason has done, and and he's been around and and fought the good fight. So I'm grateful, and I actually think it's. Uh, you know, it wasn't uh, my intention to get in the race to to, to weaken him. It's just when you bring the, the more people that come in and bring their kind of core support, the more delegates, the more likely we keep John from getting 40 percent of those. And that's 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 my primary goal. And that's and like I said, in this scenario, I completely agree and I have no problems with it at all. I have even told Jason and Jason, I spoke to Jason about it. he gets it, too. I love him to death. He says, you know. Dude, all I care is about getting Curtis out of office. He says, Chris Herod, you know, is a strong guy as well. So I wish you both luck. So but well, what, what triggered you to get in this time? I mean, you've already done the state level, and there's more BS to deal with on the federal side this time. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's a number of things. I, I mean, I do. Uh, I think this is a critical juncture for our, our nation. I, I am genuinely worried uh, uh, about our nation. You know, uh, obviously, too, I, I have Ukrainian ties. Uh, my wife grew up in the Ukraine, uh, mm. taught at two different universities in, in Ukraine. I, I lived in Moscow for uh, 10 months. Uh, and so, uh, that aspect, I think, uh, kind of draw drew me in as well. Uh, but it's for for me, I really do believe that the third district deserves a conservative uh, representation. And you know, some of the issues that you and I have crossed paths, whether it be you know uh, the the danger of critical race theory, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have been willing to speak up on that issue, and uh, the current representative has not. And I think that is something that is. Uh, dividing our nation. And uh, there is no nation in the world that has brought so many diverse races, ethnicities, uh, cultures together in relative peace as the United States. But I also think that that it's one of our great weaknesses. If we start into a race war, no nation has as many diverse people as we do. And that'll be the destruction of the United States. And you know, really what it is, and people are sometimes afraid to, to use this term, but it's just my Marxist ideology. And the Marxists that have tried to undermine this country have not been able to do it with class war, war, warfare. I mean, they, that's what they've tried for, you know, 200 years. And, and uh, that just shows that, you know, there's, there's nowhere in the world where people can go up and down, uh, you know, in class as the United States. And so they're now trying to bring it in with race and, uh, and, and also uh, culture. And, and I just don't think that we can allow that to happen. And, uh, you know, to me, it is frightening what are being what's being taught in schools and what's being taught with our children. I've, you know, one of the things that this has been nice about being in politics is I bring my kids along and drag it, drag them along, they'll say sometimes. Uh, but but that's how they learn, you know, about what's going on in this nation. And so, you know, uh, I also I ran the Ted Cruz campaign in 2016. So my senior in high school, you know, he has this picture taken with uh you know, Ben Carson and Ted Cruz and uh, Scott Walker, and, uh, all these individuals. And so, you know, I've made sure that, you know, uh, that they've had good political grounding. And it's something we all need to do just because you can't just uh, trust what's being taught at school right now. You know, you mentioned racism and, you know, it seems like to me every time there's something wrong in this country with basically anything that Republicans do, that's right for the country. It's all racism. 
It's all about flipping racism. I am so sick of tired, Chris, of hearing about racism because it's racism. It is uh, actually we're we're either racist. Once again, I'm black. Um, we're misogynist or xenophobes. Yeah. Everything we do, constitutional based, we're all one of the three, if not all, at the same time. So you mentioned also mentioned critical race theory. It's amazing how that acronym has stirred up this country. You know, the Democrats for so many years were talking about CRT, but now they're saying, no, it's the, it never existed. It's yeah. the Republicans talking about it. You know, it's never, it wasn't the Democrats who were talking about defunding the police when it was the Democrats talking about it. That was the Republicans, you know, conspiracy theory. You know, the media, for example, it doesn't exist unless you go to Fox News. And at times, even with Fox News, it could waver. It could waver a little bit to the right. I mean, to the left, sorry. So how do we get to a point in this country where racism isn't the trigger for everything that we do as Republicans to be called a racist? Well, you know, I think I. You know, there's many reasons that you're a hero of mine, but your comment uh, that you made at the premiere of uh, the critical race theory that we saw, and it's something that I thought, uh, you know, I, I was a little naive. Oh, sorry about that, but uh, you're good. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it looks like somebody got it. So that that's great. Sorry, sorry for that. It, it, unprofessional. No, you're good. You're good. No, you're good. But no, I was a little naive when I uh, entered the the Utah legislature. I thought, well, because I was the only legislator that had experienced the immigration process from start to finish. You know, I have a sister-in-law from uh, South Korea. I have one from Ukraine. My wife is a, a legal immigrant. I have two adopted nieces from from China. I had at the time. Uh, 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 a black Ethiopian Jew as my business partner. I thought I would be spared the, the name calling, but as soon as I got <laughs> up and spoke I, against illegal immigration, those were the terms that were used. I was I've been called racist, fascist, unchristian, uncompassionate, because uh, there is a certain amount of society that has been conditioned to just be fearful of those terms. I mean. You know, it, you know, to be honest, nobody wants to be called racist. I mean, right. you know, it is, uh, you know, it, it it's it's not something I, you know, anybody wants to be called because uh, I, I think it's extremely wrong. The problem is, is that we have been allowed that term to, to shut uh, the debate down. And so, you know, it's the same thing that I've kind of fought in. You know, I hope you ex explain what you, uh, you know, you said in, in the movie theater, you know, a, a month or so ago, that, that what what happened, the way that we address it is you, you can't be a f fearful of it. It's, it's nope. the same thing that happens in my neighborhood. You know, I'm, um, you know, I have I'm surrounded by great people uh, in my neighborhood, and but the people, some of the people in my neighborhood, they will, uh, they they'll say, well, you know, because we have 12 immigrant families in our in our neighborhood, and they'll say, well, we can't support Chris uh, and his position on illegal immigration because uh, we don't want to offend uh, uh, 
our immigrant neighbors. Well, I've actually been the ones that have gone out and talked to our immigrant neighbors, and, and most of our immigrant neighbors have very strong feelings against illegal immigration. Right. You know, you know, so they think that they're representing, they're protecting our immigrant neighbors, but the immigrant neighbors actually have the, uh, the same philosophy or the, the vast majority of them do, do that, that I'm saying. It's simply not fair for my Filipino neighbors to have to wait 20 years to bring a family member. Or, you know, I've got neighbors from Canada and England and Chile and uh, all over the world. And it, the same thing happened kind of with, with Trump. You know, uh, I, I heard the same, uh, the same good people say, well, you know, we can't support President Trump because we love our immigrant neighbors and Trump hates immigrants. And yet, who was the biggest Trump supporter in our neighborhood? It was an immigrant from this tiny island called Mauritius. She liked Trump because she, she knows what we're lo losing. And, he, and she felt that Trump... Uh, you know, was trying to push back on that. I mean, I, you know, I was a national delegate at, in Cleveland in 2016, and I can tell you 25% of Trump's core supporters were immigrants, were minorities. And yet the, the, the TV never once said that. They said that he was racist. He had no race, you know, no support from the, the you know, the immigrant community for the minority community. But despite he he had record numbers of Hispanics and record number of African Americans supporting him, twice what Romney had, and yet he was still called, you know, uh, the racist. And and to me, it is just frustrating because we have legitimate issues that we need to face in the station, but we can't keep getting, you know, letting you know two or three percent of the minority community keep stirring up this this racism. And, you know, what's funny that, you, you know, that, that you mentioned, you know, here in Utah right now, for those of you that are elsewhere outside of Utah, United States, Ukraine, Russia, Romania, uh, the UK and the Netherlands, those of you that are listening to me right now. And I'm assuming you're listening to me because of what we're speaking on right now. We are conservatives. And, you know, I truly believe um, conservatism works. We've proved it. We just proved it since 2016. What does work as well is racism for division. We practice conservatism. The Democrats practice racism, destruction, division, you know, victimhood. You know, here in Utah right now, we're trying to get this transgender bill override. And my question, and I spoke to 11 representatives today, active in, asses in the seat representative today. I called a few, a few called me, asked me what was my thoughts. Here's, a, here's my thoughts. We are men. We are men with children, daughters. You start making bills that feel good today and that destroy your children's future tomorrow, I have no respect for you. We need to draw a line in the sand and say, hell no, that's just not happening. And the problem is I was speaking to one of the senators. I said to him, I said, here's my problem. We're in Utah, one of the supposedly reddest red state in the country. And we're struggling with this issue. 
Look, if you're transgender, I can support you up to a point. And that point is when you're trying to implement yourself because you woke up this morning as a transgender inside you want to start wearing a dress or in a wood or wig and play sports with my children, my future grandchildren. Where's the NAACP? Where's the ACLU? Because everything is okay nowadays, Chris. Nowadays, everything is okay. It's crazy right now. And we should not have this problem in Utah. So let me get your thoughts on the whole transgender House Bill 11 that we're going through right now. 11, you know, I, I was there uh, last at the Capitol last Friday, you know, supporting uh, uh, Kira and trying to, to find those votes for the override. To, you know, I, I have a, you know, it's not theoretical for me. I have a, I have a daughter that played collegiate sports. And mm-hmm. so for 12 years, I t- took her to practice a couple of those years. I coached her. And uh, to me, it is just silly that we can't tell the difference. I mean, I have a son that's playing in eighth grade right now. And, uh, you know, still in eighth grade, just in football, we still have uh, we have what's called X-Men because some of the boys grow so quickly that, you know, if you're over a certain weight, then you can only play on the line and you can't carry the ball because you, you've got kids that are 80 pounds and you got kids that are 250. And so there's a safety issue. But right. see, we, so we do that for, you know, for fourth through eighth grade in football, but now you're going to let, you know, some 250 pound man play with, with a woman that's 99 pounds, you know, whether it just be volleyball or basketball. I mean, there there's there's a logical reason for it or, or to be against it but there's also a you know a common sense safety issue and you know one of the things that i get frustrated is you know and and kind of to bring it even back with you know ukraine you have president biden saying well you know all, all these different things but these leaders around the world when they see that we're not willing to respect our or protect our daughters they see that as as weakness, you know. Uh, Putin looks at this, you know. The United States is having a you know an existential crisis of whether they're good people with critical race theory. They can't even protect their little girls, uh, you know. They're not willing to be energy independent, and we have to think like people around the world because it is it is in in what world do you think what happened last week with the n double with the ncaa in swimming was appropriate i mean you here you have a woman that that has spent her entire life swimming and then a guy a year ago decides that he's not you know that he's a woman i mean that's just it just doesn't make sense and and for a society i can understand why you know, the, the Communist Party in China and and in Russia can think, well, you know, there we're a, a society on decline. Well, you know, I don't want to be a society on decline. I, I want to protect that. And, if, and it's like you said, of course, you love individuals, but I would argue that you're not loving that individual. I mean, they're obviously in crisis. And so I can, you know, you can still love somebody, but not let them uh do something that is is not to like really let's be honest we were creating a victim and i don't like the victim Thank language you. very often but but nobody is talking about you know the second place or at least uh rick santos is you know in in uh florida but but 
it's even worse than that. What about the girl that barely is the last girl cut because a guy makes it, you know? Uh, high school sports uh it becomes identity everybody needs to feel a part of something so what about the girl nobody's talking about the girl that just got cut that that might have made a difference you know or the depression that comes from that or you know and and so we have to realize it as there has been somebody that is not uh, uh, succeeding because we are tolerant of that. And it's what I, I disagree with Governor Cox as well. Says, he said last year, it's not, you know, it's not an issue. It's an issue looking for a problem. Well, this year, yeah, say it's only four individuals. Well, that's four girls that have been, uh, you know, uh, I would argue are, are victims. Four girls that didn't get to do their tree. Uh, I would say, might be, huh? I would say more than four. Yeah. Because yeah. an entire team is going to say, What's the point? Yeah. Yeah, no, What's that's exactly point? right. You don't know the numbers, you know. Exactly. You don't know because you don't know how many girls are going to say, you know, what's the point of playing basketball? What's the point of playing, you know, soccer anymore? You know, that's the problem that Cox doesn't realize. All it takes one bad egg. I shouldn't say bad egg, but one altered egg to change the whole narrative for the sports for females in today's game. So, but here's another thing you don't hear. You don't hear females going to men trying to play NFL. Right. Yeah. Cause they know damn well what's going to happen. You are not strong enough for the, for the, I mean, you could take the, the last draft man male in the NFL draft and there's no female whose size she wants to be Johnny is going to be as good as he is or as strong as he is. It's just common sense. And the problem, and my problem, Chris, is when I was speaking to these senators, senators and reps, is that where's your common sense at? You guys yeah. are so damn worried about being called a racist, a misogynist, or a bigot, you'll do something wrong just to stay away from that tag that people may put on you. Who gives a rat's ass? No, no, you do I, what's right. No, that, and that's the danger. That's the danger of wokeism, because, you know, I think you and I both believe in uh. what's called natural law. There's common sense. There are certain things that are just reality. They may not be fair. They may not, you know, but the, the boys are stronger than girls. It's just a reality. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, I don't think boys are smarter than girls or anything like that. But in the physical aspect uh, it's it's just reality, and it's undisputed. And that, and that's one of the difference that we have with one of the reasons that I'm running because you know John Curtis, uh, he he supported the extension of the ERA uh, amendment two years ago, and if the ERA amendment would have passed, because it's a, it, it is very specific in saying that you cannot you cannot discriminate based on sex. Well, what are the consequences of that? That that would mean that, that a transgender individual would automatically, I mean, the case would already be closed that because, you know, a, a transgender would define them as that sex and they would get to play. Or, you know, I, I'm all for women that want to join the military, but I don't think that my daughter or my wife should have to be exposed to the draft. 
And right. so when you, you know these these types of consequences, yeah, there's there 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 are people that that, that want to join. There are women that want to join, and I'm all for that if they if they want to choose. But I want to protect my girls from having to go to war if they if they don't want to. And so that's the unintended consequences of legislation, and you have to be really careful. It's you know. You know that the danger of something that sounds good, uh, you know, who doesn't want everybody to be equal? Well, you know, but but uh, you know, you have to realize there are differences between men and boys. And or, the thing is, men and boys, I, or men and women, and, and those types of things. I'm going to say something that's going to piss some people off, but I'm just going to say it. I don't give a damn how feminine you woke up in the morning as a man. How much makeup you put on your face, how long and pretty your wig is, how blue your dress may be. No, how sexy your six inch heels may be on you while at the same time you're still a male. I don't live in this world where um, because you tell me so I need to make it so. A man will always be a man. And the millions of years that man has been on this planet, not one has ever had a baby. So when they want to make laws for transgenders and say um, that we can't say um, we can't discriminate against transgenders, well, what sex are they really? Are they males? Because they're sure the hell not females. Scientifically, the Democrats always say follow the science. Well, let's follow the science. It's a male. It needs to be followed any further than that. It's a male more dominant than females. And that's the reason why we have males and females. We have skeletal-wise, women don't compare. Structure-wise, they don't compare. No, and it is. It's just natural. It's Again, it's natural oh. law. And for me, you know, the sad thing for me is, is you know, where are all the, the, the feminists that are supposedly right. supposed to be looking out for these these women? You know, there has been great strides in, in, in scholarships, great strides in, uh, you know, for women athletes to be competed and stuff like that. But 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 where are they right now? I know where they are. Yeah, they're in hiding, Chris, yeah. because now they are a victim of what they fought for for so many years now. Yeah. Now, now they're, they're really yeah, exactly they're af- 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 uh, afraid of the woke mob now as well and that's, exactly that's they the created thing. this this narrative that we're dealing with now now that you got another set of liberals or leftists now saying you should be able to choose your own sex well for those 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 female activists that you don't hear nothing from them because they know they will be canceled if they were to stand up and fight against this and, and, and and, and I would argue that's what's happened, you know, with many of the NCAA swimmers, because they're they're actually being double victimized. Because exactly, because first they're not, you know, they're having their records and their times taken away, but but they've also lost their free speech. Because if they, just like you said, if they speak up and say this is simply not fair, then they are canceled. And um, you know, we need to come to the rescue. We, you know, it's not just you and me, it's everybody. And and I do think this is an opportunity uh, because I think most people that have kind of gone along with it have realized that we are reaching the point of absurdity. I mean, it's just simply, like you said, it's just, it, it goes beyond common sense. But I, I want my daughter, you know, to, to have 
uh, the same opportunity as my boys, but it's just not going to happen if, uh, you know, because it's, it's like you said, there, there's more people than, than we know, because at some point, you know, a daughter, a father's going to say, hey, I just don't want you to play soccer where you could be run over by somebody that's three times your weight. You know, it's yeah. just, you know, it's just not safe. And, and I think there's many lessons. I don't think, you know, athletics is the end all. You know, I tried to make sure with my daughter that, that she knew, knew that she was loved, just not just not because of her athletic prowess, but, you know, it's you're trying to find a balance. But, but you can learn a lot of things. And frankly, I think one of the things you learn most in sports is disappointment because, you know, you got a 32 team uh, in a tournament and only one team wins uh you know 31 teams have to go home and you know they lost and so you know uh but but i want it to be a realistic loss not a un uh you know something that's obvious that you're gonna lose you know what i mean and and this and and, and part of the reason is it hasn't been a major problem up till now is you've just had mediocre uh you know uh, men or boys that have had done crossed over but now you know this this swimmer uh you know from pennsylvania i mean he was a competitive swimmer male swimmer and now you know you can see but you know when he's lapping people in long races it's just it, that gets to the point of uh humiliating to to, to win and they, they just don't want it it's just and so somebody needs to stand up you know chris what's going to happen is this would you know when people how do i say this if people do not stand up and fight and resist against this what's going to happen is schools will start having heavily stacked transgenders mm -hmm. you have 32 teams and the teams that smoke in their asses are all transgender because what's to stop that if this passes there's nothing to stop that so schools will be actually cutting their nose off despite their face because girls will not want to play any longer so either the choice of the schools or you have a transgender team transgender on transgender transgender team or they would have to say you know what we can't do this anymore because you're killing uh, women's sports um, girls sports but it's already a law and when it's a law you just can't just say hey we're not having that anymore because it becomes a state law and this is the reason why i don't want to end the law it's not and we're not saying transgenders can't go to schools with kids. We're just saying we don't want them in the same bathroom and we do not want them playing sports with our daughters. Now, if you're transgender, you want to play sports with the boys where you should be, tear it up, have at it, kick ass, be the star of the team. I don't care about that. I mean, you know what happened in Loudoun County and, um, oh yeah, I was I was going to mention that 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 that's that's a perfect example of what happened. I mean, not only did that father goes to a meeting, protests, you know, saying, "Hey, I sent my daughter to school. I thought she would be safe." You know, it's one thing to be able to teach your your daughter defensive moves against somebody roughly her size in a in a private bathroom, but but when somebody's twice is, and then what happens to him? He gets arrested for yeah. for complaining uh i mean that that goes beyond and and the bigger thing is i think what it does is and i really think that the left tries to do this with lots of different things is 
Um, I don't believe that cognitive dis dissidence is good for an individual, but our kids start to see it. They start to see, hey, we know what's real. We know that this isn't right. But then they have to go to school and, you know, they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to get in trouble. So they start saying something that they know is not right. And that 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 starts down this whole path. I saw that with you know, my sponsoring professor when I lived in Ukraine, she was a true Soviet dissident. And when she was younger, she was very pretty. She spoke spoke English uh, well. And so the KGB asked her to sleep with foreigners so that she could uh, get a secret told to a lover or compromising photos. And she she refused. Mm -hmm. uh, and so she lost her job at the university. She had a job teaching at the uh, TV station. But she said, you know, Chris, one of the hardest things is to, to function in a society that you know is fake. You know that, you know, uh, that this system, they're, they're just telling you lies. And she says that actually over time, it, 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 it's not good for the soul. And it causes a lot of people to, to, to face depression just because they're having to act one way in society. But, but their common sense, the rationale tells that this, this just doesn't make sense, but I have to pretend in order to survive in, in society. And I think that's happening for a lot of people. You know, people are afraid of, or of the woke mob. They're afraid of getting fired. And so they have to go to work and pretend this way, uh, you know, and, and that's just not healthy for society in general. You know, we live, we've lived in a fake society for two years now. Yeah, uh, well, I would agree. <laughs> we have really been living in a fake society for two years, and it's going to get fake, even more fake, because, you know, 2022 is election year, it's the midterms, and I want to switch up a little bit. Does it seem to you, does it seem to you that the Democrats are not running for office this time? Well, I think they're I think they're a little bit worried because hopefully there'll be a, you know, a red wave uh you know, and, and finally, though, you know that you know that you know that these all these restrictions that have been shown time after time not to do anything, they've started to pull these back, and they hope that society will forget that in the next six months before the election comes. But you know, it is it's it's just like you said is you know I I took my child to school. I I had a child in elementary school, junior high, high school, and a, uh, in college. And they were all harmed by the mask mandate. I mean, I, I come from the philosophy that's probably similar to yours. Is, you know, we, we, we always have taught to push our children, but you never want to break a child. Break you don't push exactly. them so hard that you break them. And so we, my, my youngest child, you know, he's in a, a dual immersion language program. And every day he would say, Dad, I hate this mask. And he knows that it doesn't do any good. But how do you learn a language when you can't see your teacher's uh, mouth? And mm -hmm. so he just started to struggle and started to get further and further behind. And we finally had to pull him out because we didn't want to break him. But it, our, our kids, my, my kids know that, you know, uh, the, the COVID virus is 0.35 microns, that there's not a, there's not a, unless you have a positive flow uh you know, mask, you know, no regular mask, especially a cloth mask does any good at prevent preventing that. Uh, but they were kind of forced to live in this different reality. You know, and, you know, three years, I would say two years, I put a mask on maybe three times. 
And uh, every time I put one on, I said, what the hell am I doing? My daughter was in primary children's where you're supposed to have a mask on. I complied up until when I got in her room, I took it off. On an airplane, I took it off and put it back on. And then I went into a store. The girl said to me, sir, you got to have a mask on. I kept walking. I ain't got time to talk to you. So I kept walking. (laughs) I go get my battery cable. She walks up to me and says, sir, you need to put this. And she's a liberal. I know them now because I go to I go to this business all the time uh-huh. and they knew me. I said, uh, she said, sir, you need to put this mask on. So the other two ladies at the counters were laughing. They had their mask on, but they were laughing because they knew what was about to happen. I said, if you don't get that shit out of my face. We're going to have a problem. She said, you need to put this on. I said, yeah, I'm going to tell you what you really need to do. I'm going to be nice just this once, but I won't get disrespectful with you so she goes back to her counter calls the manager who i knew he said she said this gentleman does not want to wear a mask he looks at me he looks at her and said just do your job you worry about you and uh and then the other cash registers we knew this was going to happen we just wanted to set her up because we knew you were going to chew her ass out I said, it's not that I want, my point is, it's not that I want to have, have these arguments with people, but I have my own free agency. I shouldn't have to live my life according to your fear. And that's what a lot of people were doing. I mean, I got to pick up my daughter from school and people are standing outside in 60 degree weather with a damn mask on. No, you know, and that's the problem is, and that's where I think sometimes we just, you know, as conservatives, we we tend to think that, you know, I, I you know, there's two types. I, I I believe in general. I mean, there's lots of types of people, but in general, there's two types of people. There's people that like to other control other people, and like uh, people like you and me don't want to be controlled by other people. No. And I admit, I'm I extreme on the I don't want to be controlled by other exactly. People. I'm with you. Uh, but but we we have to push back and you we cannot we cannot afford anymore to to let them take over the narrative of, you know, we, we've talked about racism, but, you know, we've talked about transgenderism, but but of science, it, it wasn't science. Like it's saying, follow the science, follow <laughs> the science. Well, the science said common sense tells you that, you know, it's an airborne. As soon as we knew it was airborne virus, uh, you know, that, that it's. A mask does nothing, and 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 for us to pretend that it did is again, it's not good for the soul. You and I know that it was about control, yeah, uh, you know. And and for me, it was very frustrating to see our, you know, the, the Deseret News or the the Tribune or some of our major medias. You, know, you had all these parents that were rallying to protect their kids, you know, because they saw, they, you know, nobody knows a child better than their parent and when they can see that these things are harming them you know you had parents that would get together and were trying to 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 voice make their voice be known and yet they were you know the the newspapers were saying these were just ignorant mothers uh you know i mean uh you know they they didn't know what they were talking about and and yet you know if if you actually took the time to read the science you know as soon as you touch a mask even uh, according to the world health organization you touch the front of your mask you're, you you've you've tampered the man i mean it's just not and if you watch a kid they pick up 
you know, they touched their mask every five seconds at school. And so really what it was is it was to protect, you know, the teachers union and not all teachers. I, I know plenty of teachers that didn't like the policy. But, you know, for, for, for me, you know, my, my big frustration is I still remember it. it was, I think it was March 19th, 2020. I went to, to New High School to watch my son play his first lacrosse game. You know, so he had been working for years, you know, to play uh, lacrosse. Uh, we show up and we're told, you know, even though there were probably only 10 parents there, that COVID was so dangerous that they couldn't, we couldn't play a, uh, a lacrosse game outside with parents, you know, with 10 parents in the stand. That's how dangerous it was. But it was, you know, they had to go to school the very next day because the teachers union hadn't agreed with Gary Herbert yet that they would get full pay because the teachers union wasn't on board until they were guaranteed full, full pay. Well, wait a second. Was COVID so dangerous? What does full pay have to do with it? If it's so dangerous <laughs> that you cancel the uh, lacrosse game, then you should have canceled school. But that's, you know, those are the back things about it. And then we know that the kids were the least vulnerable. They don't spread it as much. Uh, but there was this whole push back and forth. And, you know, for, for me, it was just frightening. I, I actually taught a university class on the scientific method. And we went back, we started with Greece, you know, and, you know, uh, Socrates and, and many of those, Aristotle, those that followed the scientific method. And, you know, the thing that was amazing is, is how little we've followed the scientific method the last 30 years in, in the world is that the scientific method actually relies on competition. You know, you 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 have to say what's this? This is one idea. This is on, and you keep competing in that. But all of a sudden, you know, well, you know, Fauci is the sole determiner of of the scientific method. Well, that's not how it is. You know, that that's what happened in the Middle Ages when the Pope used to rule that there was no, uh, you know, that the, the 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 Earth was the center of the planet, and mm -hmm. you know, it's that competition. But. Uh, Leave it to liberals to destroy even science, or even the scientific <laughs> method. You know, is the danger. We know well. We know COVID actually wasn't about science. It was about. I'm gonna say what I feel, and I feel that it was a reason to do mail-in voting. That's what COVID. The expansion of COVID was about having an excuse to use mailing voting because that is why i'm gonna be honest and i'm gonna say it and that's what happened in the election that's why the election went so wrong because i had told people i said look i'm gonna tell you right now trump is not gonna be president i said he's not going to be president mailing ballots is a problem for the country and it happened it really happened so my question to you you know, you know, actually, that's an interesting that that actually I I find that interesting. I mean, because I thought that, that, you know, I think there's a whole host of reasons, but I actually didn't hadn't thought about. Uh, and I think there's validity in that, because the problem is we've gotten away from the Constitution. You know, the Constitution says, that, you know, elections are supposed to be on the uh, second Tuesday after the first Monday in uh, November. And, you know, we have just used that to just wait, you know, so now we have, you know, what, a six-week election or, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it's like Rubio in, in 2016, Rubio had, uh, you know, 40,000 votes 
and he pulled out of the election. You know, I mean, just because uh, he pulled out, but a lot of people had already sent their uh, votes in, and so that you know that is that is that is a problem because you don't have the chain of custody, you don't have all those things. Nope. I just uh, well, look yeah. at this though, Chris. We've been doing mail-in ballots for years. What year do we have a problem with Burgess Owens and Ben McAdams' seat? What kind of seat is it? It's a federal seat. We had been doing it for years. It took them a month, three weeks to a month to get the ballots counted. It's, it's I mean, it, there's a lot of things that happened that made it obvious, at least what happened, what was trying to happen in Utah. Because we have been doing it for years. We should have been the role model of how it's supposed to be done. But yet states that haven't that weren't doing as much as we were, they didn't have these kind of problems in the blue states. In California, they're already expected to win. So they can cheat as much as they want because they're expected to win in California. But in Utah, when we had a problem and the only seat that didn't get counted, well, the last seat to be counted, congressional seat, was Utah. And it's yeah, all it's because of mail-in ballots. Mail, you know, and, and you call me old-fashioned, and this is where I, you know, there is differences in, you know, even the conservative movement and things like that is I'm, I'm an old-fashioned guy when it comes to that. I love something that's easily verifiable. I'm a paper ballot guy, you know, is mm -hmm. that sometimes there's, sometimes simplicity is, is, is great. And it is. It's, yeah, uh, you know, and it's it's sad when, you know, I mean, even, you know, when you look at some of the, uh, you know, elections in, around the world where, you know, in Ethiopia, when they have an election, I can guarantee people only vote once because they dip their finger in, in ink because it uh, doesn't, uh, you know, wear off for seven days, you know. And so paper ballots i think are the easiest way to verify it and, and i know people i know i know good people that disagree on this but you know i i'm willing to spend I, I consider myself a fiscal conservative i have a record of being fiscal conservative but i'm willing to spend a little bit more, more money uh if it, if i think that that election is secure and it'll and maintain so, the integrity and so even if i know mail-in ballot ba balloting is cheaper and things like that and i think in the state of utah we've had a, 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 a fairly good system but what's wrong with uh, I, I want my government to spend money on the things that really matter and if it takes a couple extra days to count the vote I'm okay with that too. When did when did when did we have to have everything immediately? But it's like you said, even with mail-in ballot balloting, it was weeks after that we finally got the final count with Burgess's, uh, you know, race. But let's let's do it. Let's be willing to spend the money and let's go back to something that th th there can't even be allegations of, you know, things being manipulated. Let's just go back to paper ballots. And the thing is, you know, I'd rather spend $40 million on our election integrity than the Great Salt Lake. That's just me. Because, you know, this, but the sad thing about that, it's the politicians who determined <laughs> that yeah, money was no, I, and, and I would, I, I would argue Utah, the, the Great Salt Lake is important though because if it totally goes away we will lose a lot of the 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 snow that comes out so but but there are other places we can take I, that 40 million dollars from i mean it's just like we had a three three billion dollar surplus why do you yeah. pay do 10 years of that 
contribute 10 years of that to the voting poll, you know, yeah, the right. polls in the state where people can do paper ballots or go back to what's safe. Because when these machines have, a, and actually legally, the machines are not even supposed to have an internet connection. Yeah. And uh, I actually know somebody that actually look, looked at 14 of those and they all had election ports on them. They all had election ports on them. And I'm thinking, why do they need to have election ports on it if legally they're not supposed to be attached to an outside source just because of influence? But yet they have them. But, you know, but we're not going to change. The problem with the conservatives nowadays in Utah, we think we're going to win the battle all in one time sometimes. Sometimes we got to learn to take a little bit this year, and then we'll take a little bit more next year. And then we'll take a little bit more next year because that's what the Democrats do. That's what they do. And the Democrats have not, the Republicans haven't figured out, you know, when you want to be successful, look, yes, it, it, it compromise your integrity with some of the things that the Dems do. Well, a lot of the things the Dems, well, hell, everything that the Dems do, it, it, it just compromise your integrity. But we got to do something. We can't just let people piss on us and tell us it's raining and we believe it. Yeah, no, no, and, and I do. I just plead with you, though. Please give me your give give me your speech that you gave uh, to every all, all the white folks in the theater uh, that night. Please, I give said, that to- I said, white people, you need to get off your ass and stop feeling guilty when you think you're going to do something right. You worried about people calling you racist? Don't give a damn. Just freaking do what you need to do to make things right. Because you compromising your feelings because you're worried about being a racist, does none of us any good. Basically, that's what I believe. And so they just got stopped. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. It's got to freaking stop. But Chris, we have a few seconds left. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, we've got a website, chrishara.org. You can go there. Uh, we have numerous events. We have an event this uh, Saturday from 5.30, or excuse me, 3.30 to 5 at the Draper City Library. I'll be with you tomorrow night at UVU. Uh, and and thank you. This, this, was, this was awesome, to be honest with you, John. Well, Chris, I enjoy having you here. I have to close this show out. I love you guys. See you next week. My name is John Harvey, and I am your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast.